Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or more now through June 3rd. Swim up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We gotta take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Amidst all of the drama and the news, be it false or true, swirling around Brian Koberger, now charged in the murders of four beautiful Idaho students. The big question right now is, will the state seek the death penalty? This as more and more evidence seemingly bubbling up about prior bad acts by Brian Koberger, where it is, whether it is going into a colleague's home and rearranging her possessions in order to get her to allow him to install Wi-Fi security cams or uh, possibly taking a neighbor's underwear out of a suitcase and stuffing it in the door of her car. The families of the victims are reacting, but right now, will the state announce they are seeking the death penalty? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. First of all, take a listen to former homicide prosecutor Matt Murphy. I think this one is pretty clear. He, it, my guess is he's seeking the death penalty. Now, behind the scenes, what's happening is he's probably meeting with the defense and saying, show me what you got to try to talk me out of it. Prosecutor under these circumstances will weigh the aggravating versus mitigating circumstances. And this case is so overwhelmingly awful, for lack of a better term. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure within the DA's office to actually seek the death penalty on that. With me, an all-star panel. But first, I want to go to a former chief deputy prosecutor out of Idaho, this jurisdiction, now with Building Hope Today, a nonprofit to help teach 
new prosecutors how to prosecute complex crimes. You can find Jean Fisher at buildinghopetoday.org. Jean, thank you for being with us. You know, I was just listening to what the former homicide prosecutor, Matt Murphy, said that the state is going to the defense and saying in his words, show me what you've got, talk me out of it. In other words, do you have anything that is so powerful it can make a jury return a not guilty or hang. And if you do, I may take DP off the table in exchange for a plea. I'm not sure that's happening, but could you explain that process? I mean, when I handle death penalty cases, I basically had the defense lawyer saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. But they never showed me any reason not to do it because they didn't want to tip their hand about what their defense would be. Right. So I think, um, I mean, I agree with him that there probably is this conversation going on. Remember, he's already been in jail since January. And uh, if I had a fair guess, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that the defenses may have already had him, somebody lined up a psychologist or somebody lined up to come in and visit with him and talk to him. They don't have to turn that over uh, to the state, but they can tell you that they're going to do that. Now, on the last big murder case that I had in Idaho, um, which was also um, a home intruder who came in, murdered two elderly people in their bed, plus their 54-year-old son. I mean, that's what we did in all of this prep time leading up to um, and past the grand jury was asking the defense, do you have any mitigating information, any mitigating facts that you really think we ought to know that would stand in the way of the death penalty? Um, and you know, if you can if you can figure that out in advance, um, it, it you know it certainly behooves everybody, and it depends on the relationship that the prosecutor has with the public defender in this case as well. It's really interesting that you said that, Jane Fisher, because there were certain lawyers, defense lawyers, when I saw them come here. Oh no, here comes a big fat lie. They're going to lie to my face and expect me to plead down a case. I've even had a defense attorney when his client didn't show up for calendar call got another person standing out in the hall come in and pretend to be his client so his client wouldn't go into bond forfeiture and get arrested. Luckily, I had the book in picture, and I'm like, okay, that's not him. So some lawyers have a reputation that you cannot trust. Then there were other lawyers that would come down the hall and go, oh, great, here comes XYZ. Uh, I, I bet they've got something to tell me. And they would almost every time. And it would affect the plea negotiation or whether you went to trial with the case or took a plea. You're absolutely right. We wonder what's happening behind the scenes. And with me, a homicide prosecutor, former chief deputy prosecutor from Idaho, Gene Fisher, what are the aggravating circumstances in the Coburger jurisdiction on which the prosecutor could seek the death penalty. Well, in this case, it's clearly that there's more than one murder. Um, there's more than deliberation. I mean, more than premeditation. There's certainly you're looking at the malice of forethought and the manner in which the murders took place. I mean, looking at those four factors alone, you know, all, all four of them you can you can tick off. Um, and um, that, you know, for the state's point of view, the death penalty as far as the aggravating factors, I, I think it's really pretty clear. But I think it's also really hard because they're working with four different families 
And even though the families in and of themselves do not get to make the decision, you know, they're, in my experience, they're going to listen to the families. Um, and it would be hard if, you know, two said yes and two said no. I mean, the idea of the death penalty is, is, is such a visceral reaction to what we want to have happen. But remember, if they do go for it, it also means that they're all in it together for the next, you know, 20, 30 years because death penalty cases just never end. Guys, we're talking about when and if the state is going to announce they're seeking the death penalty. And you heard Gene Fisher, uh, former chief deputy prosecutor in Ada County there in Idaho. You earlier heard a homicide prosecutor speaking to our friends at News Nation. Across the country, there are what is called aggravating circumstances. In other words, if any one or more of those circumstances exist, the state may seek the death penalty. The most obvious one, as Gene Fisher pointed out, is more than one body. Mass murder in many jurisdictions is more than one body. And here, there are four. Another one in many jurisdictions is whether the defendant was lying in wait. Why does that matter? If someone is, for instance, sitting outside your house, waiting for the right moment to break in and murder you, that signifies that there is the cold blood factor. In other words, they're not angry. You didn't get in a fight in a bar. It's not a a, a sudden heat of the moment killing. They had time to think about it. They had, quote, cold blood. In other words, they could have rationalized their way out of the murders, which makes them, in the eyes of many, more heinous. And then, of course, there's always the catch-all, especially heinous especially awful circumstances. All of those are met here if what the state has suggested is true. The family that Jane Fisher brought up, the families involved here, what do they want? Well, we know what one family wants. Take a listen to Shannon Grafe, the Gonsalves family lawyer, speaking to our friends at News Nation. Like every family, I think they want justice for um, the deaths of their, their daughter and Maddie and and uh, Zana and Ethan. So, you know, it's part of the process. Um, you know, the tort claims notice that I filed is just standard procedure. Um, you know, uh, we hope that everything went perfectly and everything did, everybody did the right things. But if for some reason something went wrong or something, uh, someone might need to be held accountable for something, uh, you're, you're mandated to file those notices. Um, the Gonzalez family obviously uh, supports the death penalty in this case. It's almost here. The NYX Anniversary Sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at KNIX.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. 
So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. What if we told you about a major breakthrough on awesome savings on all-inclusive beach vacays? OMG, this could break the case. Case? I'm talking about CheapCaribbean.com. It's full of hot savings. At CheapCaribbean.com, score an extra $175 off site-wide on vacations of four nights or more now through June 3rd. A swim-up bar in Punta Cana or dip your toes in the sand on the shores of Cancun. We gotta take this show on the road. Start at CheapCaribbean.com. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Joining me right now is the breaking news investigative reporter for the Washington Examiner. You can find her on Twitter at Rachel underscore Shilke. Rachel Shilke is joining us. Rachel, what are they talking about specifically? You hear the Gonsalves family lawyer speaking about filing a tort action against the state. What are they talking about? So basically what they're doing is they're putting in their request that if the prosecutors decide that they want to seek the death penalty, they are saying that we are all for it, is basically in layman terms. That's very odd. Uh, Jane Fisher, former felony prosecutor in the Idaho jurisdiction, the Coburger jurisdiction, why would you file a tort action, a civil action, against the state, i.e. the prosecutor's, in this case, you know, I don't know. When I read that, I it surprised me, and it and it. Um, I mean, it made me a little sad. Is that it? it just it, it presumes in this day and age that maybe I suppose that they think if somebody did something wrong, somebody's going to pay for it somehow. Oh, you mean like if the prosecutor screws up or one of the homicide? Well, watch yeah. out, Chris McDonald, because I'm coming to you next. Uh, yeah, or the uh, University of Idaho, or the University of Idaho, or Washington State University Police. I guess they'd have to limit themselves to Idaho. I don't think they've gone to WSU. Or the homicide detective. I mean, I told you one time I had a homicide detective fail to write his name on the outside of the blood we use for the DNA comparison. And the chain of custody could have been attacked possibly successfully and right before trial I had to have it redone again same results but still 
an error like that. Is that what you're talking about, Jane Fisher? I really don't know. I haven't really. Me either. I haven't heard of them, of a a victim's family filing a tort just in case. Just in case somebody screwed up. Yeah. I've never heard of it before either because, Jane, when you go into court and you're prosecuting a case, you're representing the victim and the people. You're representing the state. And I like to turn around and see the victim's family on the front row. Now, there were cases where they weren't. They didn't agree with me. Specifically, when a an adult, typically a male, was charged in murdering the mother, very often the adult children refused to believe it. And they sit over behind the father. They sit on the defense side. And, you know, you can't help that. And you've got to go forward with what you believe is true. But... That's is that how does that strike you? I wonder I wonder if they're concerned about any particular thing having gone wrong in the investigation. I don't know if if it clearly I mean I don't know that it clearly says that. I just think it's the state of where we are today in litigation quite frankly and it it makes me it does it's a frustrating because it you do as a prosecutor want to stand up and say we are going to do everything that we can for justice for the state and for this family even though they filed a tort against us, of which they're not naming us, but just in case they are. It just feels, it doesn't feel good, you know? Feels, sounds very, well, maybe the parents believe they have reason to do this. Um, I know that many of them are angry about that gag order and other things. Remember at the beginning, uh, Rachel Schilke with me, breaking news reporter for Washington Examiner. Remember at the beginning, the families were very upset. They were not, they were saying they were not getting information from the homicide detectives. And maybe there was a reason for that. But that's how they felt. And so I, I believe their feelings were justified, even if the homicide team detectives had a reason. They should have explained that to the family. This is why we can't tell you any more information right now and call them every day and give them updates. But they were left, for right or wrong, feeling like they were left out and were in the dark. Remember that, Rachel? Yes, I do. And I remember it being a very sad thing to hear these families go on air and go into these interviews talking about how they were didn't really have any information. And even now, they're still trying to fight to even to be able to talk about the case. So it's just a really sad situation. Dr. Bethany Marshall is joining us, guys. She is a renowned psychoanalyst joining us out of Beverly Hills at drbethanymarshall.com. Go ahead, Dr. Bethany. Well, in terms of group psychology, we, we see this in medicine. We see this in attitudes towards the, our police across the nation is that the people who are trying to help us are vilified and blamed if they don't do it perfectly. That's just human nature. It, it's not... Whether it's from motherhood or being a therapist, being a doctor, being a policeman, those of us who try to help others are very familiar with being blamed and vilified if it doesn't go exactly as the other person had planned. And I think it's a mistake to play into this group psychology, even if you're an attorney. I don't understand the case like the attorneys here do, and you do, Nancy, but but I think from a just a social perspective, it's a mistake to buy into this fact that whenever we don't get exactly what we want from the people who are gathering to help us, we're going to sue, we're going to blame, we're going to attach blame to them because what happens is that everybody who's trying to help them, uh, they're going to be scared now. 
You're not going to be able to think freely and act freely. Let the people who are trying to help the family help the family in whatever way they think best professionally, unless there's some egregious error. Two special guests joining us, Chris McDonough, director. And I hear you, Dr. Bethany. I'm going to use what you just said with Chris McDonough, director of Cold Case Foundation, important former homicide detective, investigated nearly 300 homicides. You can find them on YouTube channel The Interview Room or at coldcasefoundation.org. Chris, I mean, I understand as a crime victim myself, a tangential victim of homicide, how the victim's families are feeling, or at least a little bit how, not totally, because I cannot even imagine losing your child that said i mean it puts the homicide detectives and the prosecutors they're like walking on pins and needles afraid for the other foot to drop like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs like what is going to happen next everything they do is being you know put under a microscope but frankly why shouldn't it be they should be doing their best but i imagine it does give them reason to pause and absolutely, uh, Nancy, I mean, here, this is a very critical time uh, in this case, in my opinion, because you know more than anybody, you want to walk into that courtroom, and we've said this before, you know, hand in hand, arm in arm with all four of those families. Lockstep. Yeah, lockstep. And, what, and you know what's going to happen. The defense... Uh, is going to, in their opening statement, they're going to lay out, hey, even one of the families thinks there's problems here. You're right. Because there's, you know, and they're going to they're going to leverage that against the family. They could even call family members as witnesses. Yes. I don't want to give them any ideas, but. No, but you and I both know and everybody on the panel knows, you know, if I was Kohlberger's attorney, that's. I'm I'm going down that lane. I'm running down that avenue. Yep. Yes, ma'am. And he and she's got a couple of really smart former homicide guys, you know, on the defense side for the, you know, for for him. I really explain that. Explain that, McDonough. Well, she's got a couple of uh, retired homicide guys out of uh, Southern California uh, who I knew years ago out of Riverside. Uh, Lots of experience. Uh, they are, you know, very skilled at uh, solving crimes. And these are the guys who wrote the affidavits, in my opinion, to circumvent the gag order, uh, you know, to go after, um, you know, the two surviving witnesses to kind of get the the statement out front. Um, and so that was a smart move. Cunning, maybe cunning to, you know, treat the surviving victims that way. I don't know that that would be smart, but. Cunning, absolutely. Much better word. Cunning, very cunning. Guys, we're talking about, is the state going to seek the death penalty? If so, when are they going to announce it? Guys, if they do seek the penalty, let's address that. Take a listen to our friends at Inside Edition. Do you understand the charge of murder in the first degree? Yes. Do you understand the maximum penalty? Yes. But when he was asked to plead... Is Mr. Koberger prepared to plead to these charges? He declined. 
declined to enter a plea. The court entered a not guilty plea for him and set a trial date of October 2nd. Idaho is one of five states with death by firing squad. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to circle back. Rachel Schilke joining me, breaking news reporter, Washington Examiner. It was not many days behind us that Koberger stood up and he had been speaking clearly with the judge and then suddenly Cat got his tongue when it's time to announce not guilty. He wouldn't say a thing. The lawyer, Ian Taylor, said he's choosing to stand silent. You know what? I've analyzed this up and down every which way but loose. There was no benefit in that. The court, as the law demands, entered a not guilty plea for him. Um, It doesn't help in bargaining. It's not some part of a scheme or a plan. It's basically... He's a drama queen. It's drama. That's all that was. Yeah, I would agree. I think there's definitely a dramatic aspect to this case. It's captured so much national attention. It's something I've been following for a long time. And I was even thinking to myself, you know, I'm wondering if he would just plead guilty and bam, the case is over. Like that would be the end of this entire, you know, media circus that's been happening. I think that there is some, I don't, I I would agree with you. There's no benefit to just standing silent, but I think it's definitely going to fuel fire to this frenzy that's going to be covering this case and you know dr bethany he has cable tv behind bars and apparently watching every scintilla of coverage on himself and he garnered a lot of attention by standing silent and not entering a plea it's total bs it's no legal strategy it didn't help him or hurt him in any way to do that except garner attention brian cober loves to draw people into his web That's his M.O., whether as a peeping Tom, whether as killing people, whether he's gathering underwear as trophies, he's always pulling people in. And what better way to pull people in than to stand silent and let other people guess? And now, of course, what are we doing? We're talking about him. We're second guessing, wondering what it meant. So, you know, I think what happens with these criminals is at a certain point, the, the BS stops and they have to get off the carnival ride and what they do to try to excite and thrill others and to be at the center of things doesn't work anymore. But right now, I think it's working in some moderate way because he stood silent and now we're talking about it again. Hey, uh, now one theory is the reason he stood silent is because if he ever does. Uh, let's just say this goes all the way to a guilty verdict, and then we go into death penalty phase. It's a bifurcated trial, fancy word for two trials. You have the guilt-innocence trial, then you have the sentencing trial. He could say that bifurcated sentencing trial, I never said I didn't do it. I didn't deny it. I find that disingenuous because he has had his lawyer say he wants to prove his innocence. He can't wait to go to court to be exonerated. That goes all the way back to the extradition hearing. So maybe that's his game. I don't know, but it's going to have little or no effect at all. Now, if the state does seek the death penalty, it is death by firing squad. I'm very curious, Gene Fisher, is there an alternative in Idaho or does it have to be death by the bullet? No, actually, in Idaho, the preferred method is still lethal injection and then the death by by uh, <laughs> by firing squad was passed by the Idaho legislature this last year as an alternative means 
but because it's been so difficult to get the drugs that we hear about all over the nation for the lethal injection, they they opted to go back to the death by the firing squad. So they've got uh, death by firing squad and then needle as a backup if they can get the drugs. Okay. Dr. Michelle Dupree joining me, forensic pathologist, medical examiner, literally wrote the book, um, Homicide Investigation Field Guide. She shot to the national forefront during the Alex Murdoch double murder trial. Dr. Michelle Dupree, thank you for being with us. As we have this theoretical discussion about are we going to get the death penalty announcement anytime soon and what is the mode of death, can we just have a little recap about what happened to these four victims? Yes, Nancy. These victims were horrifically murdered. They were stabbed many times. There were sharp force injuries. There were defensive wounds on some of the victims. Um, they had enormous pain and bleeding. This was a horrific crime, just horrific. Explain their stab wounds. The stab wounds, um, again, the knife that um, allegedly was used, um, is a knife that is sturdy. Um, it can inflict serious injury, obviously. Um, the knife wounds, there were several on all of the victims. Um, they, it, the wounds hit significant organs uh, and veins and vessels and arteries, which caused extensive bleeding. Um, the crime scene was a horrific, bloody massacre, really. Um, and it was just a horrific crime. And we do know, or we believe we know, that the victims uh, were either going to sleep or drowsy at the time. But one of the survivors said they heard, I think there's someone in here, words to that effect. So they were awake. They were not spared any suffering. Some of the investigators stated it's the worst thing they have ever witnessed um, the worst thing they've ever witnessed what about it chris mcdonough former homicide detective well when you get into that kind of environment like that immediately you are struck by the brutality of that attack and in this case because you have four victims that brutality is magnified um you know a thousand times because you have to calculate out you know, what was the sequence in relationship to which victim was chosen first? And then, of course, you have to recognize that the same weapon was utilized on the second, third and fourth victim. So you have to now say to yourself, what is the rage that is driving from number victim one to victim number four? And you start learning quickly that the perpetrator who has the potential to do this, you look up on the ceiling, Nancy, and you see what's called cast off from each one of those strikes uh, to this to these particular victims. And you must say to yourself and you think to yourself, and I have vivid memories of going into those types of scenes that stay with me to this day. And I've always asked myself, how in the world could this amount of brutality take place in a very small environment and the suspect just walk out of that place and think nothing of it? Because when you get them in the room, in the interview room later on, some of these individuals think nothing of it. 
And Koberger, in my opinion, is one of those individuals who is now on a stage bigger than he's ever uh, expected. But but this is what he did expect. He wanted to be front and center to the world, and he's getting it. Guys, if the state does decide to seek the death penalty, which in Idaho is the firing squad or needle, when will we find out? Take a listen to our friends at Crime Online. Prosecutors have 60 days from Koberger's plea to decide whether they will seek the death penalty. So far, no decision has been made. If the state does ask for the death penalty, Koberger's attorneys would have to prepare a death defense and the state must find a jury that would be able to oversee a death penalty case, which could possibly push this trial further out than October 2nd. Some are also questioning whether a motion could be filed to move the trial to a different county. According to Idaho Criminal Rule 21, a judge may only grant the change of venue for a trial if an impartial trial cannot be held in the same county or in the, quote, interest of justice and convenience for the witnesses. Sometimes similar transactions are allowed at trial. I do not believe any prior bad acts are going to come in in the Koberger trial in the case in chief, possibly if there's a conviction at the sentencing phase. We'll find out about other cases, other instances, um, incidents that Koberger committed that are similar to the Idaho murders in some way. One thing that will not be part of that is the case of a 45-year-old murdered mom out of his hometown in the Poconos where his family lives, Dana Smithers. Take a listen to Les Trent at Insight Edition. A mysterious development in the case of Brian Kohlberger, accused of murdering those four University of Idaho students. There are reports Brian Kohlberger's father, Michael, testified before a grand jury at this courthouse in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania today. His mother, Mary Ann, reportedly testified earlier this week. The grand jury is investigating the death of Dana Smithers, a mother of three who disappeared a year ago. Her body was found in a wooded area near Stroudsburg in April about 30 miles from the Koberger home. Many legal eagles did not believe the two would be connected. The MOs were so different, and you have to look at whether Koberger was even there in the Poconos. Many of us believe the parents of Koberger were called to testify at the grand jury to establish his alibi and rule him out in the Smithers murder. Let me say the Smithers death. We don't have a COD on her yet cause of death. But what about this case? New evidence that Koberger was stalking potential victims months before the murders. This just-released police body cam video shows a neighbor of the Idaho murder victims reporting a bizarre theft of a suitcase from her car. And then I found my underwear, like, shoved right there. In the, in the cup holder? Yeah, and I took it out, but it was in there. It happened eight months before the murders. Look in the distance. That's the house where the four students were stabbed to death. There is a direct progression from smaller petty crimes to larger felonies. And more. Listen. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Okay, so I, this morning, I just got home from um, Boise yesterday. And this morning, I, like, walked upstairs and my suitcase was inside, but I remembered leaving it in my car. Copy. Asked my roommate to just open the door. I was like, hey, did you bring my suitcase up? And she's like, yeah, I was in the middle of the road. And I was like, 
that's weird. Oh, your suitcase was in and the I middle of the road? It, yeah, it was like back over here, and I had it in the back of my car. Oh, interesting. I was they... like, maybe I forgot and just left it out. Right. And then I take it inside, and I open it, and all the stuff that I had... Oh, I locked it. I should have my keys. But all the stuff I had up here, all my pay stubs, the stuff I had in the center console, my sunglasses I was literally wearing yesterday were all shoved inside my suitcase, and like it was like zipped back up. And so everything that you had in your front seat was now in your suitcase? Yeah. Okay. And then there's like a shoe print over here, and then there's like my fuse box under my steering wheel is like opened. And like, no chance someone's playing a prank on you. Yeah, I didn't think so. I don't okay. see why anyone I know would ever do that. Yeah. But like, oh yeah, and then I found my underwear like shoved right there. In the, in the cup holder? Yeah, and I took it out. To Dr. Bethany Marshall, a psychoanalyst joining us out of Beverly Hills, you have that incident and another incident that we have been discussing. Take a listen to our cut 424, our friends at Dateline. Our source says Kohlberger had befriended a woman in his graduate criminology cohort. The woman had returned to her apartment one evening and found some things amiss. Items moved from where she'd left them, in the kitchen, in the bath. Quite bizarre. So what did she do? Well, our source tells us that since nothing had been taken, the woman did not call the police. Instead, she called her new friend, Brian Koberger, who, our source says, volunteered to come over and take a look and... He soon recommended the installation of a video security system, and he, Kohlberger, volunteered to do the work. Dr. Bethany Marshall, the similarity in that alone, in that case, with the female colleague from Washington State University, is, in my mind, except for the murder, a fingerprint. You have the thrill of planning it. You have identifying your victim. You have the cat and mouse of... uh, building up her trust so she would be manipulated into coming to him to install the security system. The entering the home, the thrill that must have been for him, if in fact these allegations are true, paralleled against uh, emailing, uh, contacting the Idaho students, some of them, on social media, following them, going to their place 11 or 12 times before the murders, running into them, we believe, or watching them where they worked or went to school, ultimately entering their home. We haven't connected the underwear incident to Kerberger yet. And there's not a lot of security video uh, cameras in the King Road area. So let's talk about the parallels in these three cases? Well, the parallels, obviously there's an offending pattern and the offending pattern you described so beautifully, but the underlying motives I think are um, being a sex predator and a sex addict with a prolific fantasy life where he has to choose victims to match up to his internal masturbatory fantasies. All of these victims have something in common. They are unaware that he's watching them. Um, he's probably watching them a lot, Nancy. And what he begins to prey upon is their femininity, whether it's uh, moving underwear around, um, feminine items, or in the case of the four students, uh, the three women who were 
were murdered, you know, taking a look at their pictures and maybe even using those as a part of a sort of like his own personal pornography of sorts, or also gathering them as trophies. Now, I think what distinguishes the four Idaho murders from the prior two incidents that you're talking about is that these women rejected him in his mind, the students, Idaho students. He DM'd them. He tried to contact them. They didn't get back to him. And this is where the pattern of watching, you know, playfully toying, like you said, cat and mouse, using them um, to satisfy sexual fantasies, then began to develop into rage and the desire to commit a sadistic homicide because sadism and sexual predatory behavior do go hand in hand. So he could no longer use pictures and spying and looking and moving underwear around as a part of his sexual fantasies. Now he had to inflict pain to enhance his sexual fantasies. One more quick thing, Nancy, that the stuffing of the, of the underwear into the cup holder, I, I said this may be unseemly and unprofessional, but the first thing I thought was stuffing a penis into a vagina, that he was already, you know, practicing a rape act when he did that, because that is just such a strange thing to do. And also, when he gathered um, the some of the items from the car into the suitcase, I also wondered if he wasn't preparing to take those home as his new... Um, uh, you know, war chest of trophies. It's almost here. The NYX anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity. It's designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again. A paycheck for life. Guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not. It's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded, and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At Retirement Income You Can't Outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. 
With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ocean by H10 Hotels and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To Jean Fisher former felony prosecutor in the co-broker jurisdiction, Idaho, if and when the prosecution announces they are seeking the death penalty, and I do expect them to make that announcement within the next 60 days, how do you, how would you foresee the state using similar transactions at the death penalty phase, such as manipulating the colleague, um, stalking her, going by her place, figuring out if she's home, a lot of planning, gaining access to her apartment. Did he gain access to the King Road home in the same way? Um, Going there when she wasn't there, going into King Road when he thought everybody was asleep, how long he had been cultivating the relationship with the colleague, how long had he been stalking the Idaho victims, going in for sexual gratification, according to psychoanalysts and therapists, that this violence and the stalking is hand in hand and sexually gratifies him in some way, going into, we believe, the colleague's bedroom, going into the Idaho victims' bedrooms and ultimately performing a crime on the female victim. Three of the Idaho victims are female in the same geographical area, in the same type housing, gaining entry into a residence. I mean, there's so many similarities, but the one is cut short because the female colleague was not murdered. She was manipulated into allowing him to set up the security surveillance. Do you believe that that instance can be used as a similar transaction at the death penalty aggravation phase? Yeah, I think that the one instance that uh, that you're talking about from the WSU student colleague that can be um, directly linked to, you know, Koberger would be used. I, you know, the instance that they're talking about where the girls, you know, had her luggage, you know, the car broken into and and all of that. I mean, I I it's highly I highly doubt that they will be able to use that part of it unless we find out he took some of the Idaho victims' underwear, which would then make it more True. of a similarity yeah. and more relevant. But but I think you know there's gonna, they will have had so much more information by then as well. If it goes into the death penalty phase, then the defense does have you know, has an obligation to turn over whatever it is that they intend to use um, in mitigation, but they will have learned so much more about, all of them will have learned so much more about his past, his history, you know, the things that you've already heard about, about his life in Pennsylvania, his, you know, his behavior there. I mean, they, all of that will, the state will be able to use um, 
in its aggravation test uh, part of the trial. It is a matter of progression, a progression from uh, Chris McDonough, from peeping Tom, sending emails on social media, bumping into them at work. It leads up to murder. And again, that is not statistical. That is anecdotal that very often we see killers start as, for instance, peeping toms. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, from an investigative aspect here, you know, just kind of overlaying in the psychology of, of how this guy's operating. If we even go back to, you know, the earlier, just the initial female contacts at the bars in Pennsylvania, where he, you know, if we tie that type of behavior into, okay, I've been rejected. Well, he has this fuel within inside of himself at those moments. So that fuel has to be, you know, expelled somewhere. So I, I think there's a high probability of many type of voyeurism events that we just aren't aware of yet, even in Pennsylvania. And that a lot of those terabytes of data that's been turned over to the defense, I think uh, there's going to be that footprint uh, along into all of this, you know, fantasy-based um, problem that he was building. And then eventually that led up potentially, if he is the killer, uh, to the murder of these four college students. And Rachel Schilke joining us, investigative news reporter with the Washington Examiner. What more can you tell us about Koberger as of today? Now, basically, he's going to trial on October 2nd. Um, I actually did some calculating, and prosecutors have until, I believe, July 22nd or 21st of this year to determine whether or not they're seeking the death penalty. So, you know, right now he is sitting in jail, and he's awaiting his fate. He's probably listening right now, listening to you talking about him, Rachel Schilke. We wait as justice unfolds. Goodbye, friend. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ocean by H10 Hotels and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.